Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to find and follow your purpose. I'm your host, Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the Network for Transformational Leaders, also the creator of Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. Every week, I interview some of the world's leading thought leaders who not only share their life stories, but practical tips and advice on how you can become the highest version of yourself and build a life in alignment with your soul. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and open your free account so you can see behind the scenes videos of our interviews and get your free Pearls of Wisdom ebook. Join our community of changemakers making a difference on the planet. Making a difference. morning and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. Uh, and today I have with me a powerhouse. He's the co-founder of Mind Valley, an angel investor, Ajit Navlakar. Did I say that right? You're absolutely right. <laughs> oh, <Perfect. well. laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Phew. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, well, thank you so much. And you're all the way in Phuket in Thailand, aren't you? I am, I am. We're traveling uh, at a retreat center called Phuket Cleanse. We're doing a cleanse um, after our amazing travels across Europe. And you've been traveling for quite a while. You're just telling me some of the countries. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, we always, in the past one year, we've just decided to just enjoy our life and play and just, just travel around. So for the past year or so, I gave up my house and gave up my car and everything and just like packed my life in a suitcase and we've been just traveling around. So. Uh, yep, right now we are in Thailand. Before that, we were in different parts of Europe, Americas, all that kind of stuff. Fantastic. Well, I'm so excited to speak to you because I think, you know, we were just talking before and our philosophies on life are really, are really aligned. Like you're just saying that you're playing, you know, and I'm, that's that's kind of what I think life should be for us. You know, it should we should be able to create a life that's in alignment with our soul, where we can give back and we play. So, yes, very excited to hear and speak to you today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So do you mind sharing with our audience a little bit more about what you're currently doing in the world? So currently, I'm co-founder of a company called Mind Valley. We are in the space of personal transformation and personal excellence. Uh, our aim, our goal is to help humanity be pushed forward in the positive direction. So we work on ideas that might help human beings live a more excellent life, more fulfilled life, more joyous life in any aspect of their life, be it health, be it wellness, be it be their personal self, be their work, be their relationships, be their spirituality, whatever that may be. Uh, so that's really the core of what we do. Apart from that, uh, I focus on on a particular area of the company, which is what we call Evercoach, which is evercoach.com. And that mostly focuses on enabling coaches to push the same motive further, which is basically to help other people become more excellent. We realize that at one stage when we were building the business is that we can only reach those many people because after a point, it's harder as just a company to reach more people and really help them really awaken uh, and really show up in the world in a different way and, and be able to live a fulfilled life for themselves. So we said, 
what if we empowered other people? What if we empowered the coaches? And what if we supported them through learnings that we have found in our lives, not influencing them in the sense of that they need to copy what we do, but kind of giving them the tools and techniques and methodologies that will allow them to really expand on what they are doing and really create, uh, help create a better future for the humankind. So that's really what my focus area is right now, uh, is Evercoach and where we are supporting different coaches. But as a company, that's what we're focused on. Mm, beautiful. And that's what I really liked about the philosophy of Evercoach is you're getting entrepreneurs not only to build lives that kind of work for them, but very much giving back as well to the earth and to the planet. Yeah, that's 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 our focus. I mean, the, the the way we approach it is that if we can, I mean, change comes through many different ways. One of the big ways change can come is through the right kind of education. And so what, what we say is if we can find facilitators of that message across the world and say, hey, listen, we know you want to live epic lives. But at the same point in time, if you become a coach, a teacher, an educator, if you're doing a podcast like you are doing, Kitty, mm-hmm. you are, you're going beyond the money. Because a lot of times this is, yes, there is revenue involved in it. And yes, there is all those, all those uh, things that are involved in it. But mm-hmm. at the same point of time, it is tremendous amount of fulfillment that you get when you contribute back to somebody else's life. When you contribute and you get to share what you've learned, what you've experienced mm-hmm. with somebody else. When you're able to coach somebody through a different experience and say, oh, wow, that was amazing. And being able to provide that breakthrough or be a facilitator of that breakthrough is really, really empowering and is really joyful and fulfilling. So it's not only about creating wealth, but being able to actually support people and saying, we know you are in this business to impact people in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. What can we support you with? So you, uh, you can do that more easily, more comfortably, so you can get the right kind of education. You see, what had happened is internet has a good and a negative side, right? The good side is that you have access to so much information. Like you can get like, if you want to know something, you can just Google it, you can YouTube it, you can Facebook it, you will find things that you don't even know in your Facebook stream, and you'll learn about new ideas all the time. But the bad thing about it is, is really low filter in that process, right? There's, there's a lot of information, but there's a lot of really bad information in that big set of information, like 70, 80% of information is just bad information, is by people who are not qualified, or even if they're qualified, they're not putting in that kind of effort that if they would put it would truly bring the transformation. So as, as a company that has built uh, products with many different speakers, authors, well-known and not, some not so well-known until we started working with them, after creating those many products, services, and really being able to deliver hundreds of thousands of customers in our ecosystem, we said, if we feel that there is wrong education happening for educators, mm-hmm. it is our responsibility to create something that mm-hmm. can help them have the right kind of information, a right kind of direction. And then, of course, they make the choice if they want to participate or not. But at least we as a company have a certain level of responsibility to go, hey, listen, we have influ- we influence like more than a million lives every year. And so we're like, if you're influencing so many people every single year, why wouldn't we enable other educators to really be able to influence the segment of lives or number of people that they want to influence. So that's where the whole thought of Evercoach comes from. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, somebody put it really beautifully. It's, it's a friend of ours and he, he puts it and I think he's even writing a book about it now, but, uh, but he put it beautifully. Don't do business. Um, I might be paraphrasing. So, so excuse me on that, but, 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 but there was something to the line of saying, it's not only about doing business. It's about doing business to create a movement. Yeah. Paraphrasing yeah. now. Uh, but it's more about that 
you do the business, yes, but what you're really doing is creating a movement towards the positive direction that you want to create. Mm. Uh, and that's really the intent that we come from is to say, okay, what is it that we are moving towards? What's the direction that is the movement that we are creating? And yes, it pays the bill and takes care of all the desires that we might have personally and our employees might have, our partners might have. Yes, we want to take care of that too. But where we want to come from is a place of saying, okay, what is the positive impact that we are creating for the society at large? And what's our contribution back to the society? And yes, it fulfills all our desires in, in the process. And that's great. Beautiful. And I'd love for you to share your experience because obviously I've now done 60 of these interviews where I've interviewed thought leaders and all the thought leaders that I'm interviewing have broken out of the traditional system. And as you said, they're uh, doing things which are fulfillment is their first factor. Um, and what I've seen, and I'd love to see, you know, I'd love to understand your experience of this is where we do that and it's not necessarily logical like it's the same with this podcast it's not necessarily i'm not it's not the money that is driving me it's the impact that is driving me mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. i've seen when i've interviewed these thought leaders is where they do that and it's not necessarily logical they're out their heads they're in their hearts amazing things start to happen like the synchronicities mm -hmm. that come into your life it's almost like when we get onto this path that's in alignment with our soul you know the universe mm -hmm. has got our back as such yeah yeah no that's that's true i also so my background I, I come from india i was born in india i was born into a family of 22 other people so we lived in a house with wow. two people sharing the same house yeah so there was nothing like privacy or space so abundance wasn't really a thing so i come from a background which is a very uh you can say it's challenging it's 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 not extraordinary in context of india there are a lot of people in india that that live that way it's called a joint family which basically means your uncles and your aunts and your grandparents and everybody lives together mm -hmm. in the same pot and we eat together and do everything together right which may sound really fun but it's only fun for the first five days i guess after that is just tension uh so i grew up in that reality so when you grow up in that reality you realize that when you start and that might be the reality of a lot of people that that might be listening to this podcast why i share the story is when you start from realities like that it's very hard to go to your heart or go to your alignment or go to, mm -hmm. to your spirituality or think about other people because what you are thinking about is mostly how do I survive? Mm -hmm. It's a survival that pretty much that comes first. Mm -hmm. and, and because of that, a lot of times we start to operate from a place of saying, what is it in for me, right? Why should I do this? How do I make money? And money just like, I mean, that's just how the society is structured and it'll change when it'll change. But as of now, money does command a lot of things. Yeah. Right, money does come out if you'll get to eat that day or drink that day or do whatever that needs to be done that day or not. And because of that, money becomes a critical factor. What happens though is that at some stage, for people who are willing to take the chance and live a more fulfilled life, what will happen is they'll realize that money is just a means, it's not the end. Right? Mm -hmm. When you start though, you think that's the end. You think like, okay, I'll have the money and then I'll be happy. I'll be fulfilled. Everybody will respect me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever is your story that has happened because of your background, because of what, how you grew up, how you were born and where which society you were born, all that will define how much money you think is good money to have any end to your life or mm -hmm. feel like that that's where I will be happy. But then there will be a point where you'll realize that no, money is just a means to it's just a means to the end and the end is actually greater than the money, mm. right? That by that, it's when, that's when you start to lean in into ideas like you just mentioned, Kitty, mm -hmm. you're starting a podcast by saying, what do I want to create? What is it that I want to impact? And all of a sudden, what, what happens when that 
N changes for you or that N becomes a little bit more, you know, like different, something that is actually true fulfillment, not just I can get on the bottle of wine or whatever that is for you mm -hmm. right now. When that end changes, you all of a sudden start to realize that there is something that is greater to you than a paycheck, mm -hmm. right? And when that happens, all of a sudden you find new, almost a new conversation that happens in your mind or heart, whatever you want to call it, probably a different kind of mind, which is somewhere here, uh, where you go, okay, what is it that I really want to create? What mm -hmm. is it that gives me real fulfillment? How do I find real joy? How do I find more connection, right? And that's where the dialogue kind of starts to shift. And so new synchronicities, like you said, start to happen in your life. All of a sudden, people show up in your life that were never there. People meet you and all of a sudden go, hey, how can we do things together? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, okay, let him pitch it to me. Instead of that, people go, okay, how can, what can we do together? Because all of a sudden, they find a new light in you, which is very unexplainable. And I know I'm going, going a little esoteric here, and my, people might go, hold okay. on. Hold your horses, dude. You are from India. You can talk about this stuff. <laughs> This is not scientific enough, but there is, there is actually, and like a lot of things, science can't explain these things yet, but, but we know when we meet people, sometimes we go, I find an instant connection with this person, right? We have all experienced that, right? And that's mostly when people are a little bit more enlightened. They're more in tune with themselves. They're more in tune with why they do what they do, how they, and that's, that defines kind of how they do what they do. There's a very famous talk by a gentleman called Simon Sinek. He, I think it's mm. a book called Start With Why. And in that TED talk, he talks about why people love Apple or love Apple when they started and stuff like that, right? And he explains that because the company is that actually starts from a place of why, where they actually communicate why they do what they do, create transformative brands and create great, great connections and have customers that are for lifetime. Where else the companies that limit themselves to what they do, that usually those are the companies that decline over a period of time. They might get some initial success, but after a point, they don't really last the test of time because people don't connect to the what you do. They connect to why you do what you do. Right? And you get more in tune with your why, the more closer you get to your heart. Absolutely. And do you mind sharing with us your, because obviously that's such a valid point. Like, can you share that transformation point in your own life? Because obviously you've made that shift, you were coming from a background where you were sharing a house with 22 people in survival mm. mode. Can you talk me through the transition that you went through? So, so this particular transition happened about, I would say about three years ago where I, I kind of dropped into a lot more of my heart than, than just my brain or my mind as, as we call it. Um, and it, it happened because, I mean, like I told you, like my childhood was all about uh, like pretty much it wasn't that like my parents are amazing individuals. They took care of all the needs that we had as, as, as kids. So, so nothing to really complain there. But at the same point in time, I could see that we were, we were cramped into like places where there was no abundance and everything. So as I grew up, I started, I, I became as a person, I knew that I, I will have to hustle it out in a way. Like I will have to figure out what works because as much as I have really wonderful parents and really great society around me. They haven't figured out how to make life work, right? Not, not in the same way that I would like to. So I said, they, they don't really know that. So I was like, okay, early on, I got into the habit of saying that nobody really knows. Everybody is just doing whatever feels right in that moment. So let's keep trying, right? So very early on, I took like a part-time job and I started working for student organizations. I started taking different jobs and all that kind of stuff. So I started testing a lot of ideas to really build my life around something that was a little bit more 
um, more which I could make sense of, even if anybody else couldn't. So that's how the journey started. For the first, since 18 to right around 29, I was doing that. Basically, I was building my life. I, I started with internships. Then I did a job at a salesperson in a media house in India. Then I did some uh, founder work. So I, I kind of told that company. And this was, again, one of those radical ideas where I said, okay, what can we do to really figure out life, how to hijack this whole process that people tell me you'll only be wealthy at 50, which means basically I've spent all my life doing uh, just building the wealth. So like, okay, what can I do? So I proposed an idea to my uh, company that I was working for, and I started a company with them. And then I dropped out because that company didn't work out and joined this company called Mind Valley as an intern eight years ago and, uh, and started working as an intern, really hustling it out, figuring out okay, what needs to happen. And in about three to five years, I, about five years into the company, I had, I had left the company, started many companies, started companies in partnership with Mind Valley, played all the different roles. And I was at the stage where I was the CEO of the company. Right? Wow. So in about five, six years, I'd gone from an intern to CEO of Mind Valley. Incredible. Yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so, but while I was doing CEO, what happened was, um, is that I was married at that time. So I'd recently married um, and I was CEO of this company, beautiful wife, Italian, wonderful life. I mean, nobody should be complaining at that stage of life. And then it hit me that I, as much as I was in my document, like how I thought life could be perfect. Like I had the perfect house. I had the car I wanted, you know, like it, it's just like I had a beautiful wife. I was having European holidays. I was at like top of my game. I was CEO of this really, really progressive company. Like from the outside, nobody would say anything is wrong with that, right? Like it, it wouldn't look like, but mm -hmm. internally I could feel that my life was like absolutely in the wrong direction because I, as much as I had all the things, all the bling, all the yeah. <laughs> watches, cars, everything, I was so like, I, I felt unfulfilled every day. I felt stressed every day. I felt mm -hmm. not good enough every day. And so I was like, I can't be doing, like, I'm trying to push a mission of living a fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. And I can't be, I can't be so hypocritical by not working on whatever I need to go through because there's something that's not working out for sure. I didn't know what it was at that time. Yeah. All I knew was it's not working out whatever it is, right? And that was my point where I said, I need to do something. It was, it wasn't like a moment because I'm not a moment kind of guy. I'm, I, I like to, if I get a moment, I go, okay, let me just think about that. I don't want to react because I don't like reaction. I like proactivity. So I'm like, let me think about that. Let, let that sit in. Even for business ideas, it's the same approach that I follow. So that was the idea. And that idea just didn't ever, never go away. It just coming back. It's like, I feel unfulfilled. Like I'm, I'm not sleeping enough. I'm not enjoying my time. I'm basically stressed all the time. It's almost like your soul comes knocking. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, come on, like, wake up. Like, it's yeah. like, it just keeps pushing me, kept pushing me. And um, there was a time where I just like, it was around the end of, of the year. It was around this time. We had a little break time where I actually had enough time to just think about where my life was going. And I wasn't excited about the year that was going to start. I was just not excited. It was, it was uh, 2016. I was going to start. So I, yeah, it was the end of 2015. So it was starting of 2016. So this 2016 was just about to start and I was like, I hate 2016 already before even I got into it, All right? So I was just like, it wasn't for me. It didn't feel like it was me. Sorry, it was 2015. Sorry, it was starting of 2015. Sorry about that. Got the wrong year. Um, and, and I was just like, I was not excited about 2015 at all. 
And so I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta change something. And so I went into the process of really trying to find myself and discover myself. And I took the time because we had space, 15, 20 days where I could really disconnect. Uh, I could help my, my team actually take care of things. I could disconnect. I could work with my co-founder on that as well, who's an amazing man. Um, and, and once I was done with my process, I realized that the life that I was living is not the life that I wanted. So I had to change things. And I'm a guy of radical action sometimes. So I said, okay, I can't possibly go into this journey while there are 200 people looking at me for what they should do next. It's impossible, right? It's, it's like, because it's 200 person, 220 people company at that time. And we were like, I can't possibly do that because they will be lost. Now I'm throwing everybody into a funk, right? Yeah. So I was like, that can't happen. So the first thing I did was I said, okay, my business partner, my business partner, I sat him down and he's an amazing guy. So I was like, hey, listen, I gotta, I can't do this. And I know we committed a certain number of years, but this, I, I just, I, I'm miserable doing what I'm doing. I'm not doing a good job, or at least I don't feel good. And I don't feel good about it. And um, he's, he's, he's an amazing, very enlightened man as well. So he was like, okay, let's figure out how to do this. I totally understand if this is what you need to do, just to step out. Let's uh, figure out a plan. It's, if yeah. you'll do it immediately, it'll be really hard for the company. Can we phase yeah. it out? We came up with a plan, which was phased over five, six months. So I can transition out of my role. Um, and, and the new people, which was my co-founder, can transition into the role. So we created that space for that to happen. And then I started because I was transitioning out, I had a little bit more space. I think a little bit more with what I really want for my life. Where do I want to go? And that was the time when I realized the, the other big burden that I had, which I, which I was dragging with me, uh, was my relationship at that time. Now, it is nothing as a comment. Individual. She's an amazing soul. She's a beautiful woman. She's very enlightened, very smart, very an entrepreneur herself. Not nothing about her, but it was more about me. It was about me not being fulfilled in that relationship. And from what I was seeing from my perspective, I was trying everything I could possibly. Right. So that was that stage. And so that was the second phase that happened, which had to end at that point, was my relationship. Uh, and so that that was the second radical action that I had to take in, in the coming months is that I would end that relationship. And and as I as the, all of this was happening, of course, as, as you go through the process, it's, it's, it's a very painful process. Yeah. So I, I was drinking a lot. I was eating really bad. And I was just like, it was just, numbing it wasn't that, yeah, I was numb, numbing the pain in many different ways. It wasn't that, oh, I am like the loads lifted and I am free. That, that wasn't my state. I was actually more, every time I was taking these actions, I was getting in more and more and more of pain than actually just being relieved off it. Mm. And, uh, and so it, like, I would, like I would attend events and I would go to sem seminars. I would go, uh, go listen to online events and all that kind of stuff because all I was trying to do was to find how I can find myself back. Right? Mm. It's, it's a friend of mine, her name's Lisa Nichols. She talks about the hardest journey that you take is usually journey back to self. Mm. Uh, so, so it was almost that journey that I was taking. I was taking the journey back to myself, trying to find what is it that I truly want because I, I could have gone, I could have continued in the direction that I was going. It would make all sense. The world would say I was right if I did that. And it, it was a shocker for a lot of people. My parents were surprised. They were like, what is wrong with you? Like if that world, like you have like a great job at 30, you're a CEO of a really progressive company. 
a beautiful wife. She's Italian. She's like everybody crazy in Italian. I'm like, what is up with you, dude? Um, it takes incredible but- courage to do that. It really does. But I, you know, I think you like in my experience, you know, where 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 we don't face that kind of inner knowing or the the kind of nagging feeling, then the universe will take corrective action. So, you know, I actually think you you totally did the right thing, as difficult as that may be. You know, if you'd have left it, then I, you know, in my experience, usually the universe catches up with us and kind of shifts us. Yeah, and so so yeah, so at that time it was really really hard, but I, I just went through with it because I, like like you were talking about it, it's about a little bit about just knowing you you don't have. A strategy really you don't really you can't quantify you can't check box to say this is right this is wrong no. uh, or these are numbers against this but it's just it it, it, it comes uh, from within and if it's like for me it was repeatedly enough that I had to take action mm. uh, to be very honest a lot of a lot of times it won't even knock enough times you would just numb yourself to the situation and that happens mm. with people as well is that it just yeah, numb themselves so much that that they don't even know if it's painful anymore, mm. right? For me, it was knocking enough, and I'm grateful that it was because because I could I could really transform my life from it. And at that time, um, while that phase was happening, that that was good. I would say even after I ended my relationship for the next, I want to say maybe another eight months or so, I was I was purely suffering. Like it was just suffering after suffering. I was doing the events. I was like, I was the rock star doing all the kind of stuff, like, you know, doing videos and you will see me and it'll seem like everything's good. But every night it was like clockwork. It was drinking. It was alone time. It was feeling lonely, not good enough, et cetera, et cetera. I bring myself into work so I don't, um, I, I don't have to deal with this, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, all those kind of things that might be markers in many people's life, but they don't see it. Like there's so many people who don't, which is overworked just so that they don't have to deal with that, their yeah. life really. All right. So that, that was pretty much what I was doing. But I was also at the same point of time, reading really aggressively, going wherever I could go, trying to listen in, trying to not feel guilty to do things that I was doing. Because remember, this is the same company I'm co-founder of and I just quit a job, which is the most important job. Yeah. Pre before before the time I had committed. So first I, it seems like, oh, it's just a job. It's not. It's like it's something that I committed my time to. It's like taking back a step back from your commitment, your greatest commitment, which mm. usually is people's work. That's like your message that you're, that's sometimes is like a thing that you are holding on to. And I was holding on to. It was a very big thing that I let, I felt like I had let down my business partner and I had let down my, my team members because I just quit on them in a way. Uh, and same for marriage. It, it was something like it's, it wasn't only painful in context of my wife, my ex-wife, but it wasn't painful in the context of my parents mm-hmm. because um, they, they are Indian, good, decent Indian family who believe in you marry your love and that's the only person you ever date and the only person you ever marry. And um, for them, it was really hard and painful. So I was like at that stage as a human being, I was just feeling like I let everybody down. Uh, so, like, you know, like the whole downward spiral of that, like I've let everybody down. I'm not good enough. I would never find love again. Uh, who, how will I build a business again? You know, all that kind of stuff that, that just shows up, uh, because you've taken some really hard decisions. Um, so all of that happened, continued to happen six to eight months. I was trying to recover from it. And so my inflection point was basically those, those two big segments that I had to do, uh, that changed things as 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 a person because i could 
I think I've taken a lot of hard decisions in life, but I think those two were the hardest that I've, I've taken till date, at least. It is the toughest decisions that I've made till date. Um, and then, then slowly, as I was, I was starting to discover myself again, and again, I can't really say there was one point where I found myself because I feel like I'm still finding myself. Sure. I, I don't think that I'm like there yet, and I don't think I'll ever be there yet because it's like it's like that ongoing journey, lifelong journey, discovering something new. Yeah, yeah. Always discovering something new about yourself. You're always being challenged, and if that won't be, you won't enjoy life. I think. So, so I'm I'm not like challenged about that, but I but, but I don't want to say oh I found myself now, uh, because I think I'll always be uh, finding a new version of myself all the time. And I, so, I know, I know this yeah. conversation is going to be so helpful for people listening. You know, I know there's going to be people out there who possibly, you know, they're going through that transition that you have gone through. What, um, you know, benefit of hindsight, you know, you've gone through that huge transition, you know, to quit, to be, you know, to quit the CEO of, uh, of Mindvalley and then your, your part, you know, your wife, that, you know, incredible decision to take. What advice would you have for somebody listening who, you know, they know inside that what they're, the life they're building isn't the right life for them? You know, what advice would you have for them if they're listening? So it's, it's, it would be hard for you to believe, as I say it, as a listener, whoever's listening to, uh, if they are feeling this right now, but know that it'll be okay. That's the one thing that if, I would have known I would have suffered less pain and I could have made the decision much more easier. That'll be okay, that you'll be okay. What we tend to do as human beings is we make up stories that are not true, um, or at least it was my scenario. So I can say from experience that I was creating stories because I felt like if I don't do this job, for example, I wouldn't have money because I associated that with, mm. with everything that I am right? Because that's my work. I mean, how am I going to pay the bills, mm. right? Even if like co-founder gets dividends, but salary is gone as soon as you're like, okay, I'm not doing anything, any of this stuff. So all of a sudden you're like, uh, okay, so I don't have, I don't have recognition because there was recognition attached to that role too. It's like, okay, you matter because you're CEO of this big company, mm. right? So what happens, like the, that fear would come up for, for anybody who's willing is right now that, that the, the message is knocking at your door and you're going, I don't want to listen because this message is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. My logical brain says, uh, if I quit this job, uh, I'm not going to get one. If I quit this job, I won't be able to pay the bills. If I, if I do this, this will happen, blah, blah, blah. Whatever is the story that you are creating from your logical mind mm. versus what the truth is. And same might be for your relationship. Oh, I won't find love again. I am too old to find love now. I am too big to find love. Whatever is the story. There's like a trillion stories that our mind will come up with to justify that you shouldn't change because we feel change means pain mm. whereas change actually means evolution mm. so if we can reframe that dialogue and if we can remember that before we found that person before we found the job we were okay so when we will leave that job or find leave the person we'll be okay mm. we're all smart human beings we can figure out life doing life is if we make it more complicated than it is we really make it more complicated than it is yeah and and yes there will be work but then hello it's work right now too right yeah <laughs> um so yes when you quit the job you'll have to work out a plan that can take care of your finances but it's not any less work right now you're just unhappy also doing the work mm, right absolutely. so yeah. you're doing the work and yeah. then you're not happy with it. <laughs> so why not at least change one dialogue then do the work 
and be happy with it, mm-hmm. right? So we can switch that around. We can try, right? I'm not, I, I never suggest anyone to say, all right, if you feel like just quit your job. I, I'm not a believer of that. I don't, I don't say burn your bridges or anything like that. So I just want to make sure that's sure. like a understanding that I'm not saying quit today. Mm. But if it's not fixable, don't attach yourself so tightly and cling on to it so tightly that you can't even let go and you're drowning as it drowns. Mm. You won't be getting success in your job if you're not happy. I mean, that's, let's, I've, I've hired enough people to know. I've hired enough people to know that the people who are not happy doing what they do they either get fired or they quit really, yeah. really fast because they don't get a promotion. And you mentioned something earlier, which I thought was really important, was about space, you know, you know, taking space. Because when we're in something, it's difficult to see necessarily what we, how we need to go forward. And you mentioned about you stepped out to give yourself space to really see what it was you wanted. Yeah, and it came through, I mean, I, I, my space was accidental. But now I created deliberately to be able to really be able to think my life. Mm. Like recently, I was failing this particular challenge, which was coming up for me often, which was a which was a block for me, and still is. And not that I've resolved it, but I but I was like, listen, I sent a message to my team, my 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 team that I work with, saying, hey, for the next four days, I'm not available because I need some space. Mm. And as as you create these spaces, what happens is. That you get the time to, and space, is, space doesn't mean just go out and party for those four days. Space actually means you go out and explore who you are. And you do that with the help of mentors, coaches, educators, retreat centers, whatever that is for you. Mm. You find what that is for me. For me, it's books, for example. It's a lot of books. There's a lot of training programs. Like if, you, if I had my iPad handy, you would see like there's at any given time I'm reading four books and three programs that I'm enrolled in. And then there's an event that I'm going to. And it may sound like, oh, you're a junkie. I'm not. That's basically how you create a transformative life is by learning of the collective. And the collective can only be learned if you participate in the collective. By collective, I mean humanity. Mm-hmm. I'd be a one collection. My experience mm-hmm. is different than Kitty's connection, uh, uh, experience. And Kitty's experience can teach me a lot. Mm-hmm. If I only give a chance to Kitty to actually tell me mm-hmm. what her experience was, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But if I can have that knowledge from Kitty, I don't have to go through the experience. And or even if I'm going through the experience, at least it becomes easy, you know? And that's exactly what I wanted to show through these interviews, you know, by you sharing your life experience. And, and thank you for being so beautifully open and authentic and honest. I can just feel it pouring out of you. It's really beautiful. You know, I know that people listening will get real value from this conversation, you know, by you kind of really sharing what you've been through. I know it's going to help loads of people listening. So thank you. It's really wonderful. Thank you. that I can help yeah absolutely AJ I want to thank you so much for coming and genuinely like your authenticity is just beautiful like I know you sharing your life story in such an authentic vulnerable way has really helped our listeners so I want to thank you so much uh, for for coming on Kitty Talks this morning Um, and we will have all of his details in the show notes for you guys listening you'll be able to go and check out AJ's website Uh, it's your name isn't it dot com is that right yeah, or you can actually go. It's easier because my second name's really complicated. <laughs> Do you notice how I didn't want to say it again, just in case I got it wrong? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so you just type my first name, A-J-I-T dot love, and it will redirect you to my... Oh, how lovely. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, and I really hope our paths cross again in the future. For sure. Thank you, Tan Kitty, for, for having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you.
And we will be back next week with an ama another amazing thought leader sharing their life journeys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website and become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group. Exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.